episode nine of a Harlequins podcast. Two and four quarters. I'm sat here as always with my cousin Will. Will, how's things, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Got a bit of a sore head this weekend after a tough day yesterday. Two losses for, for England and, and the men's team as well. But uh, we did get a thumping win up at sale for the women. So that puts us back up to second in the table. So all is not lost. Yeah, the streak is over. Since we started the pod, we hadn't lost an episode. Um, the boys hadn't lost in, in, the, in the pink kit. And yeah, tough day yesterday at Newcastle. It really <laughs> yeah. was. Should we, uh, should we touch on the game? What, what, what were your thoughts going into it? Yeah, just to clarify, Quinns haven't put me into drinking. Uh, it was just one of those days with loads of sport <laughs> on. <so. laughs> um, yeah, oh, I was gutted, mate. I was really, really gutted because four on the bounce, we were looking really strong. And, and Falcons are one of those teams, obviously newly promoted to the league, where you look at them at the start of the season in the fixture list and think that's four points. Um, with no disrespect to them, they're obviously a tough team. And we knew they were going to be tough. We spoke to folk on Falcons last week. And we were saying it's going to be a tight contest. It's going to be a few points, a lot of wholesale changes for us. Um, but I thought we'd still have enough. What was really frustrating for me is that we conceded half of the game, as in the first 40 minutes, we didn't really show up. We gifted them that first try by switching off. Down the flank, they go and score. Um, and we were lucky that they let us back in just on the, the last few minutes before half time with Steph's try in the corner. They should have been out of sight. So what was frustrating for me is that We've been playing so well for so long. I got used to it and I thought this was us. Um, and the game against Newcastle just wasn't us. It wasn't it us. Drifted, it and I'm glad we made it. Us, didn't it? it just drifted away from us in that first did. half. I mean, well, we were never in it. We, we almost got back in it. Tyrone Green, by the way. Oh, oh. my God. Me, me, Yeah. That was, um, that was a highlight. Him and, um, him and Kenningham, I thought he had a really sort of strong debut. Um, yeah. But no, it was. It was tough to watch because I we we got used to starting those first halves. Even even against Sale, and we didn't start real quick. Yeah. We were still bossing the game in terms of our defensive work rate and in terms of our tackle really? work rate. Um, and then when we got you know a bit of ball in hand and the game had opened up slightly, that unstructured attack, we took advantage of it. It felt to me like we didn't have any control at all in the first half. No, none. Um, no. Field position and wasn't that's... great. Um, it just felt like it just felt a bit off. Um, and look, we said it last week with the, with the boys from from Folk and Falcons that it's a tough place to go in the Premiership. It is it is a long way to go. Um, there are no guaranteed wins in the Premiership, and Newcastle are a well coached outfit. We know that. But yeah, I mean, I, like I say, the, the positives from that: Jack Kenningham's debut. I thought he was unbelievable. Tyrone Green, where's he come from? Where have we been hiding him? I think I said it to you during the. During the, during the day, it was a little bit like with Esther Hazen. He signed in, what, October October time maybe, and then we had a bit of a break and we had a long Christmas and we have a you know a spell in the middle where we haven't got any European games. It felt like we haven't really seen him. I think only he's not got a start for club. I was really excited to see him because I know that we're going to rest players. And then out of nowhere, what performance? And his defensive work was amazing as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to be quite negative about the first half because I just don't think we were there. We just weren't at the office. Um, except for him, his defence was was top draw, wasn't it? He's one of those players that just looks up for it all the time, no matter what facet of the game it is. In defence, he was aggressive, tackled hard. In attack, he ran hard. And his agility is just yeah. ridiculous. The way he stepped at the speed he was running and kept his balance and then kicked on again to, to get in the corner for that second try, that's freakish. That is freakish. Yeah. So I think you're right in the fact that he's been at the club power a little while. speed, wasn't it? Just... Oh, yeah, pace and power and speed. That is a hell of a skill. You can't teach that. 
you can't teach that. Um, but as you say, he was similar to Andre in the fact that we signed him and then he went quiet. I don't know if he had a knock or anything. We saw him have cameo appearances where he didn't really get much of a chance, but he, he offloaded nicely to James Lang to score a try a few weeks back. Um, I hope he gets a, a better run of games now. We're, we're blessed in the wing department after thinking we were fairly light in the back three. Aaron Morris has been solid ever since he's re-signed. He's been, he's been in good form, um, perhaps with the exception of yesterday, but you're allowed a bad day at the office. Um, the competition there is great. I mean, you look at Lewis Liner breaking through and I feel like that's his shirt to lose now. I, th- I think Nathan Earl's got to win that back. Expectations um, in the day, didn't I? I said it's tough tough for likes of Nathan Earl to get back in the side now. I mean, we both really rate Caden Murley and... Oh, massively, yeah. You know, I think Caden's our starting left wing for me. It's tough, yeah, but that tough shirt to wing now with Liner and, and Green in yeah. there. And yeah, uh, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a bone to pick. I have got a bone to pick. We spoke about this in the week. Jack Grealish last week, fancy football. Oh, yeah. The leak. And then this mm. week, I assumed that Brownie was going to play, or at least be in the squad, and then do his media thing, whatever it was, after, on the way back, or, or in, in some capacity. I don't know whether it was a scheduled rest week for him. I know we had a lot of rotation through the squad, but even the likes of Don Brown and Kerr were on the bench, and Brownie was nowhere to be seen. And to me, that's a real alarm bell about the potential for that he's going to go to Newcastle. If we weren't playing Newcastle and the same thing happened, I'd be less concerned about it. Yeah, no, you're, uh, you're the right. fact it was Newcastle, where I, I saw the team come out and my heart sank a little bit. What were your thoughts? I thought that's really poor. I don't know who's responsible or who's accountable for that. And, and obviously, I think it was Rugby Bash who tweeted it, um, which was obviously the leak. And for those that don't know the Jack Grealish reference last week, he wasn't playing for Aston Villa, but fans found out two days before that he was injured because a couple of the Aston Villa players in their fantasy football teams had taken him out and a few eagle-eyed fans had noticed this and assumed he's injured and then lo and behold he he was so that was the leak there Um, the leak this week was that Rugby Bash tweeted that Mike Brown was going to be doing a watch along for the England-Wales game two days ago before our team was announced and then lo and behold he's not in our team I think it is a bad sign um, because it is Newcastle if it was anyone else, I would have thought, mm, yeah, rest week. He's been playing a lot recently. But the fact that you've rested him for this game in particular and it's come out in this fashion with the leak, it just, it stinks. Yeah, I won't lie. Um, My heart sank when I saw it. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, um, and it's poor that things like that get leaked. I mean, it's only a couple, a handful of fans that see it, but yeah, of course. once that gets out, people people will speculate, which is exactly what we're doing. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to dwell on that for too long because it, it is just speculation and um, I'm sure there are other reasons to it which perhaps we don't know. Maybe he had a knock. Yeah, um, so. Who knows? I've seen he's going to have to wear a Welsh shirt in training this yes. week. Yes! Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And that I can't get my head around that. I can't get my head around it because I, I can picture Scott Baldwin in, training in an England shirt and like, yeah, it's a bit banter, fine, whatever. But I cannot picture Mike Brown training in a whale shirt for the life of me. I've got no. a feeling he's going to bail on this bet. I don't know how he's going to get out of it, but I just can't see it happening. Maybe it's going to be like a training shirt that's not strictly bright red or something. But no, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing how that pans Black out. I hope, there's yeah. a bit, I hope there's a bit of stick on social media. The Matt Simons injury, that looks a little bit worrying, how important he is to us. And then the cards. The Kerrod cards. Turn the game, gives them a penalty. The Burrell instant right at the end. Um, any thoughts or just are you happy with both decisions? Oh, I'm not happy. Not happy with either. Well, um, but it's, it's the way the game is. 
So we, we should try and avoid putting ourselves in those positions. You, you saw the England interviews after their game and they refused to talk on the referees' talking points and, and just control what you can control. And for me, the carry the yellow card is something we can control. Yeah. Um, the Burrell one, probably less so because it's an act by an opposing player, but I don't think they had the right camera angles for it. Um, it wasn't the fact that he led with his forearm. The rationale was that his, his elbow was tucked into his body, so he wasn't leading with it. But it was the fact that he pushed through with it into Marcus's neck. Like That's yeah. an act, like a, an action he's made. Um, it was, I was so frustrating. I just knew as soon as that got given as a penalty for, for Newcastle, yeah. I just knew that was the game. And I got a little bit of hope when they started looking at it and that that's what yeah. absolutely killed me because I thought we might get away with it. It was Yeah, it was the fact we had a Marcus Smith penalty to potentially go clear, then the turnaround for the Kerrod yeah. instant and then we had, a, yeah. you know, it, it stung. Yeah, it stung. It did sting. But, you know, look, that sport, I mean, we've had an unbelievable run in the last month or so um, and I'm fully fully confident the boys will, will, will turn it around and and get back in, into winning ways next week. Yeah, for sure. And I think we've got to give a lot of credit to Newcastle because they didn't allow us to play. They were sharper than us everywhere in the first half. There was notable pressure on Smith to kind of squeeze him out of the game, which they did to effect. I think if we look where we were six weeks ago, we'd be happy with four wins and then uh, a sole defeat away at Newcastle. So I think we, we've punched above our weight, so to speak, for a little while. As fans, we'll, we'll take four wins out of five. Um, it's just so Harlequins to go and beat Wasps away and then beat Sale, but then lose to Newcastle. Like, it's just so Quins, isn't it? I think it's um, possible, so though, brought... when Gus had went, if you'd have offered any fan four, four wins out of the next five, we'd have all taken it, especially the way we've been playing. But no, I think it's spot on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Um, we've got our feet well and truly back on the ground now. So um, let's get behind the boys again for, for next week because it's huge against Northampton. Top four clash, really. Um, so that's a good one to have at home hopefully we pull through again there after the, the result we got over on them at Franklin's Gardens earlier in the season um, but I thought Newcastle were very very good at um, as they said earlier in the week taking us out of our comfort zone they were so disruptive they didn't let us have any control any continuity as you say and without that we were sort of a bit short of ideas really strong bench they came on and made a big difference. We looked like we were back in the game. We were back in the game. We were just a bit unfortunate towards the end where it just got away from us because we, we had too much to do and not enough time. Um, but the fact that after that first half performance, we were still three points away from from getting something was, I guess, something to take away. Um, we fought back. Mainly down to a bit of Tyrone Green brilliance. Yeah, he's just... Oh, I can't wait to see him play again. Yeah, I can't wait I to see him he... play. And yeah, I... I hope he gets a start next week. Big new challenge against Northampton down at the stoop. Um, I think we'll we'll leave the men's game there, mate, because it's uh, tough to talk about a loss as always. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll say it how we see it. Um, couple of quick bits of admin during the week. I did some uh, pretty good business during the week on Facebook Marketplace and other other outlet stores and found some uh, some Quinns jerseys. Luckily, I'm a I'm a big lad, so I uh, I get a lot of the uh, XL double XL stuff that no one else wants. But uh, yeah, and we uh, we put a sort of post out who's got the best Quinn's stash collection and we got some unbelievable responses. Some of the, some of the history and some of the jerseys is unbelievable. What did you make of them? One of the best things about Harlequins actually is that our kits have always been pretty loud. Oh, um, we've always had the best kit. As, 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 since I've been a fan, kit. there's no, no discussion that we've had the best kit in the league. I think that is, yeah. that's, that's, that's flatline across the board. That's undisputable. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And actually my favorite one, which I'm desperate to get my hands on, but I can't find it anywhere 
It's that pink and white and blue big game shirt. I yeah. can't remember what year it was, but I, I remember Nick Easter wearing it. And my dad's actually got one as well. Um, and being a size sort of medium, large, the most common ones, there don't seem to be any knocking around. So unlike yourself getting the XLs, I can't can't seem to find one of them. But there were some great submissions. My favourite one was the armchair um, tapered yes. out of various Quinn shirts through the years. Um, that's definitely going on my bucket list for my future man cave is getting a, a chair like that. That was yeah, sick, I think, wasn't it? I think I texted you and I've not got a enough shirts yet to uh, to yeah. be able to do uh, do a chair. And I also don't live in a don't live in a property sustainable enough to actually sort of comfortably have my own spot in a man like say, a, a man cave. But no, that, that was cool. I mean, I really loved them. And I think that yeah, that big game shirt, that old classic pink number is unbelievable. Um, yeah, what a, what a piece of history! I've got, I did get one of the big game shirts actually. It was last year's one, the sort of nice charcoaly grey number. Um, I love a bit of stash. That that chat really got me going during the week. And then the second thing we should probably talk about is last week because we had a a chat with um, the Quinn Supporters Association. We had a Zoom call. Just they were after, you know, just a bit of chat about us. And I don't know if there are any Quinn Supporters Association members listening. I hope there are. Um, we had a little sort of feature done on us during the week. New podcast, Kids on the Block, I think was the the headline. And yeah, that was that was really cool to chat. Do you want to give give our listeners a general sort of tone and what 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 they can expect in that in that mailer? Yeah, that was a bit exciting for us, wasn't it? Quite nice to be recognised by such big fans of the club. So shout out to Phil from Quinn Supporters Association for for featuring us in his mailer. We really appreciate that. Um, just touched on why we started, who we are, um, why we've got an interest in Quinns and a bit of background there. But then also touched on some of our previous episodes as well and, and what we've discussed and a little preview as to what's to come over the, the next few weeks as well. And if you have read the mailer, you'll see that one of our upcoming episodes is talking to, to Jess Breach and Izzy Mayhew. So they had a good result yesterday against Sale. Jess in particular managed to, to bag a hat-trick. Um, what did you make of that one, mate? Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, we're so lucky that they get the, the streams provided. I mean, we get to watch them. Um, I've got a... You know, very, very small friendship with Izzy, watching her dominate games at St. Mary's. And she got her first start of the season yesterday. And everyone knows about, you know, Jess's proven quality and her unbelievable appetite for try scoring at international level. But it was different from the, the Wasp game, wasn't it, last week? I mean, that was, you know, a whole game of real attritional rugby and massive, you know, ice in the veins from Lange Twema in the uh, in the last minute to to slot the conversion, uh, slot the penalty, sorry, and win the game. And then I listened to a couple of post-match interviews yesterday and uh, Gerard Mullen, their coach, I think said it spot on. They earned the right to play yesterday. They were defensively so strong. And I think the scoreboard would reflect a much more yeah. one-sided game, but it definitely wasn't like that. Um, they earned the right to play through their work rate and defence. And, you know, I think in the first 25 minutes or so, they were defending a lot in their own 22 and a lot of ball close to the line. And, you know, you look at the um, you look at the final score scoreboard and it doesn't probably reflect the nature of it, but oh, absolutely. And, you know, we're really lucky to have Jess on and Izzy on and we got the timing pretty spot on. I mean, Izzy's first start of the Izzy's first start of the season, and Jess, you know, with the hat trick. I mean, her try scoring record in international rugby is, you know, more than proven. But yeah, lucky to have him on in, in a in a pretty cool bit of timing. Yeah, very excited for that. Can't wait to get stuck into that one shortly. Um, I think you you nailed it there. We earned the right to play the opening sort of exchanges that five ten minute period at the start of the game. They were hammering our line. Uh, there were some monstrous hits going in, just pegging them back, pegging them back, but. There was so much sustained pressure from Sale and we managed to keep them out. So we definitely earned the right to play in that aspect. There was some, some great defence. We managed to win the penalty, get up there, end of the pitch, um, and then win another penalty. I'm surprised we didn't kick that and start the game off by getting points on the board, but went to the corner instead. Uh, didn't convert on that occasion, but 
hindsight will tell us that it wasn't much of a problem in the end, given the scoreline. So we, we I definitely really enjoyed that right. though. Early, early in the game, the, the thought, let's go to the corner, let's get tries on the board. You know, I, I love that. I love that mentality. I love, I, I love the way that that's almost in the DNA of Quinns, no matter who which team you're playing for. Yeah, I think that's a very good point actually. And I think about the way I used to try and captain the game. I'd try and stay composed and and think what was best for the team in that situation and and what the best outcome is. And for me, in that moment there, you've just defended your line for five minutes absolute battering slow the game down you've got a kickable penalty get points on the board and then we go again um but as you say that just shows the queen's mentality of always wanting to chuck the pill around and and play a bit of rugby so it proved to be a, a good call in the end going for the the attacking style of, of captaincy so really really lucky to have izzy and jess welcome to the podcast how was uh, how was yesterday tough trip up at sale how'd you get how'd you get on yeah no um it was tough um obviously like sale uh, new in the league this year and um, we have never made that journey up before um, but yeah it was a tough game I mean the weather was real nice so it was actually nice to play in some sunshine um, no wet balls so I think our handling was pretty good during the game um, and it was just nice to get a W um, obviously personally nice to get on the score sheet um, but yeah no I think it was good to get some players that haven't played that much like Izzy for instance actually got a start um, Jade Mullen, Lauren Brooks, like people who haven't actually had a lot of game time, actually got some opportunity to play and get some minutes under their belt, which I think is good, and it shows a lot of strength and depth within um, our team, which is really important. Yeah, just to add to that, yeah, it was obviously really nice to get a start and like play a full seventy minutes, which haven't played for over a year, like that much time. So I'm feeling it today, definitely. <laughs> um, but like the last few weeks have been tough. We've obviously had two losses, and then had a close win against Wasps last week. So to go away and like put that score on a on a good like good set team like was like really good for us. And we've been working really hard on our defence all week. Like we've had some tough training sessions getting into a lot of contact, but obviously it showed yesterday and as a whole like squad performance. So it's really nice. Yeah, massively. Myself and Mike were talking um talking about the game earlier. And the defence was something that stood out to me. You look at the scoreboard and you probably think you didn't have to do too much defending, but the fact they didn't get a single point for 63 minutes and that opening period for five to ten minutes in the game where they were sort of hammering the line and hammering the line, there were some huge hits going in and then eventually winning the penalty and, and going back up there into the pitch. So I think defence is definitely one of the things that stood out as a fan just watching the game as something you'd been working on in the week. I think Jock always says our, um, like defence coach like defence wins like games defence wins championships and it's something that we've had to improve on a lot like over seasons um and I think to they were a big team like physical like they had some big players and actually to have a really good defensive game um as a whole squad I think it's really important and we can take confidence going into you know the next game yeah absolutely I mean we uh we obviously knew about a week or so ago we were lucky enough to get you on and we timed it unbelievably obviously with is he getting a first start and and you running in a hat trick, which was uh, which was class? And um, I was just going to sort of touch on a few sort of background bits. Obviously, Izzy and I had a had a sort of very brief friendship at uni last year, which got cut short by uh, cut short by COVID, which was a shame. But you know, I watched you play down at the glorious St Mary's campus, running in tries, you know, in a in a different environment. What's um what's the what's it like now? Obviously, rubbing shoulders with some of the best players in the country. How's the balance? I mean, obviously it's difficult not having, you know, uni sport on Wednesdays and, you know, everything that goes with that. How, how are you finding that? Um, I mean, it's a challenge, but um, so I've been at the club, it's like my fourth season now. So I've been there since I was 17. Um, so I like left my under 18s club to go and play for the development side. And then luckily enough um, to get a few prem starts, like in that first season. 
um, and obviously coming to uni in like 2018, I think, like, I um, really wanted to get involved with obviously the uni rugby experience. Um, and I think like it's been so beneficial for me personally. Like I think I've grown as like a leader and, and as a player. The amount that she's improved over the seasons like is incredible. Like I think what she'd be known as is like a, <laughs> a defensive player. But now like her handling um, and her ability to attack like, got better. And obviously she had a huge setback with um, an injury to her ankle. Um, and then to come back and actually be like probably a better player than she was before that, I think it's like amazing. And it's really crucial to, like I said, have depth. You know, we've got someone like Rachel Burford and Lange in the centres, but then to actually have, you know, someone that's a uni student sort of living a life that's not full time and then actually has the ability to uh, perform at the weekends, I think is like really important. Making me blush. So, <laughs> I think that's a good point, though. University is obviously becoming quite a popular segue for for people getting their first opportunity in the game. So, how do you kind of balance your studying commitments with trying to make it professionally? It must be quite the trade-off, and also in terms of lifestyle, it's a bit of a clash in terms of your nutrition, your diet, your your late nights, etc. It probably isn't best practice for a professional rugby player, but again, it's part of your experience and part of part of the fun of going to university. So how do you kind of manage that? I'm actually a semi student too. I was about to say we've got three yeah. we've got, yeah. we have got three <laughs> to Mary's legends on yes, the course today. Done, she's doing it all from home. She's never rich. No, we 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 used to give a bit of chat to the part-time students, you know, the the, the international athletes <laughs> who just drop them when they feel like it. But no, we've got three we three St Mary's legends. I'll be definitely sure to uh, to drop into Gareth and Sports St Mary's and say look, we'll we'll give give yeah. the podcast a bit of a pump up. But yeah, how's um sports and media and comms is that all right? I'm saying you know, yeah, yeah. Sports and marketing i mean so how, how's that i mean obviously you know going from full-time to part-time different students obviously covid's you know ruined a lot of it for everyone but you know yeah. what's what's it like um i it's challenging um but i actually went to um, the university of chichester when i left um a levels and did sports science for two years um and then obviously when it's the seventh program so i had to sort of take a sabbatical and then actually never chose to go back and then started at st mary's um but i think actually covid's probably helped me you know probably izzy hates it because she can't go out but actually it's no, I, I actually was gonna say i think it's been i think it has been obviously unfortunate but i've been able to actually like knuckle down with work not worrying about going out on a wednesday and then training on a thursday so i think it's made me calm down a bit and like properly like know where I want to do, where I want to be and what I want to do. So. I say because I finished my third year as COVID sort of started. I was sat in my room in what should have been the glory days, just you know, smashing away dissertation. I do sports rehab, which is actually quite a practical course, and currently all on Zoom. So we have like four or five hours a day of Zoom, and then we've got like pre-recorded stuff, like a dissertation, assignments, as well as training and working. So like. Yeah, my life's pretty full on at the moment, but but it's good. It's good. I think it's good that you have um Maze like um Izzy's housemate that does the same course. So actually, that's probably like quite helpful for you guys being a hands-on sort of course that you can actually probably like. Yeah, yeah. And she she fills me in if I miss anything. So yeah. <laughs> I was actually listening to um your old episode on House of Rugby from a few months ago, Jess, and it was weird because obviously it's something that we spoke about on the podcast 
not actually that long ago about I know it's really easy you know almost cliche now to say let's talk about you know growing the women's game and exposure and all that kind of stuff but as a hockey player I went to the stoop when we had the big test event I don't know if you guys saw it and we had the men's and women's on the same day 14,000 people in a packed house obviously with you know COVID that's you know not going to happen in, in the immediate future but is that something that you want to do or have you know real drive and, and influence on? Yeah so I was um there at the stoop um watching the game I was I think I was in a boot. I can't actually remember, but um, yeah, it was fun and it was a really nice event to be a part of. And um, like, it's nice to see obviously the women and the men um, play at the you know same time and same venue. That does happen in the women's game. Like we've played um, at Twickenham after like the men have played. Um, but I think it's it's a shame that we have to warm up. I know that sounds really weird, but I think that time of like half an hour after the men have finished, but we're warming up, people just leave. They don't. I think the main event needs to start as soon as the like men's finished. Like we then need to like go and play. And I think it just allows people to then think, Oh, well, I'll watch the first like 10 minutes, but no one really wants to w- watch a warm up. Yeah. Um, but then I say that, but then when we played big game um, after the men, actually loads of people stayed, but then would you say that, you know, Quinn's fans are more, more loyal? Um, I don't know. Like, and it's, during a holiday sort of thing, like Christmas holidays, like it's sort of like a treat to keep, let your kids to stay up, stay out late. When actually like Six Nations isn't really in a holiday, it's just like normal normal term time in a way. So yeah, I think a lot of things like come, come into it. Um, but I think it's really important, but I also think, you know, having our Six Nations in April and it be standalone, I think we could really, really drive um, the women's game forward. And it, you know, it's just us, like the focus is just on us. All the newspapers should be on us. All the media should be on us. And I think that's really important. And, you know, hopefully it might, you know, might drive the audience, might drive the women's game a bit further. Yeah, for sure. I think that's really interesting insight, actually. I hadn't thought perhaps just shifting that 30 minute period, um, could make such a difference, but you're probably right. There's always going to be challenges, but it's whether it's something's got to give and something's got to like just be like this is what we're doing. Um, and but we've got, we've gone around the country and we've filled out like Twick, um, Exeter, we've filled out um, Bedford, so you know Doncaster. We've you know we get a good crowd when we've got you know sort of that smaller you know twelve fourteen thousand stadium. I mean you know one day I'd love to fill out Twickenham the eighty two thousand, but I mean you know one day hopefully it will happen but I think at the moment it's small small steps I think that's um that big game points really good because I mean I've been to almost every big game there's been it's one of my favorite days of the year and it's such a family occasion and I, th- I don't think I think okay. it would be right in saying say again sorry did you stay and watch our game I did I did last year oh. I did I think it oh not last year pre before I think it's it's a difficult one because I think it's it's difficult to suggest that a, every single 80,000 person in there is a Quinns fan. I don't think that would be correct. They're, they're rugby fans. So they should have a mirrored up fixture, whether it starts at, whether you know, whether the men starts at two, you shift it earlier from a four o'clock start to have, you know, then it's not a midnight finish for the kids. Try and keep as many kids in there as possible. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, would be an easy way to fix it. And actually, you've, um, you've stole my next question there because I was going to talk about, you know, the women, obviously, with internationally, you do go around the country and you do play at not just Twickenham, you do play at all these other venues. What's the favourite venue in English rugby that you go and play at? What's the one that gives the best atmosphere? Um, so for England, probably Exeter. But then when we played there recently, the, I didn't like the pitch. Like, it was so, it was so, so different. Um, but I think maybe because of COVID, they didn't have enough time to... Um, to sort the pitch out they didn't because obviously they were in the final and then the prem started like two weeks later so obviously the groundsman didn't have enough time but yeah Exeter really do give a good crowd but I think it's the small stadiums like a Doncaster and a Bedford when actually they're just all around you um it feels like there's so many people there when actually you know there's 
probably like not as many um but they're all just interested and they're all there because they want to be there which I just like love and I think we give back a lot as England players to the crowd and we always go up to them and like say thank you for coming and like sign balls and you know that's what they say to us that maybe it's different from the men they always say oh like you generally want us to be there and you need to take the time for us you know after the game which I think as a Red Rose is really important that's what we stand by as well. Yeah, I think another thing to add on having double headers or that kind of environment where there's it's more than just a match day. I think a big part of that is the psychology behind it and it probably relies quite heavily on the marketing and it's not as simple as just doing the marketing and just advertising. It's not as simple as that. I think the main thing there is the messaging and often with double headers, it's almost advertised that the women's game is like an afterthought or if you come to the men's game, you also get this game for cheaper or for free and it's all well and good advertising it but actually you're probably not doing the game any favors in the way that you've positioned it and actually i think there needs to be quite a big psychological shift in the way in the way it's marketed um and if you're going to be doing these double headers it should be marketed as an event it's not one game or another or it shouldn't be men's versus women's like what have you come to see it should be you've got this this rugby festival or this day of rugby where you've got two games for this price there's all of this going on around the stadium I think that's something that could be improved quite quite drastically. Hopefully that will happen with the um, Six Nations being moved to April. Um, yes. You know, they can now market it as as us. As just it's the sole Six Nations, isn't it? You haven't got to worry about double headers yeah. and crossovers on TV. It's the sole Six Nations. I think that's up, completely spot on. I think actually the festival point you make there, Will, is really, important, really quite cool because obviously the men play regular premiership games every year. It's part of the calendar. And you guys played in a... And it was, a was it just a normal friendly against Leinster? Yeah. There weren't league points riding on it. So maybe that's another way of, you know, making it have, have points on the line, have it have it as a, a you know an Allianz game. I know we'll give a quick shout out to the streams down at Surrey Sports Park. I actually think they do a really good job. Um and they're getting on YouTube again, it attracts an audience. And I think I saw during the WASP game, there's something like eight hundred and fifty people, nine hundred people watching on the stream, which is which is really cool. And you know, that's you know, it's 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 doing its bit and hopefully in the next few weeks, months, years, when COVID gets out of the way, we can uh, we can start getting some crowds in and watching. And Jess, what do you get for scoring a hat trick? Obviously, in football, you get a match ball. Do you just get a shout out in the Monday morning meeting, or is it a bottle of wine? What, what happens? Nothing. Uh, no, nothing. Um, uh, yeah, nothing actually. I I don't I can't even lie. Um, try and make something up. Uh, <laughs> nothing. Uh, I did a little interview um, after me and Elle got a curry when we got back. Class. Um, what's, what's your curry choice? <laughs> Oh it's so plain Jane. Um, it's just a king prawn korma. Oh no, I like a king prawn. I'm glad you didn't say chicken corn right at the end of the call. Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. chicken corn. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian. Should we do um? Should we do some quick fire questions to wrap yeah, up? I think we've uh, yeah. I think we're on the right tone, aren't we? Let's alternate. I'll let you kick off. Toughest member of the squad. Who do you not want to fight? Sean Brown. Yeah. Yeah, um, she's, she's tough. Quick fire, Jess. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> like Dav, I think when she used to be in the squad, Davinia Catlin, or like Katie Mew. Now with them, she's back fit. She yeah, like, she's pretty tough. She's pretty just tough. Just puts her head down and just runs at you, and you're like, mm-hmm. same with Shauna though. She just will carry all day. I've got a gentleman's agreement with her, so yeah, nice. We're on a- <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah, don't hurt me in training. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next next question. What's your favourite flavour protein shake? So I'm going to give a shout out to, you know, my good old sponsor, Maxi Muscle. I knew this was coming. Um, <laughs> I'm on for the sponsors. 
It's probably, I love the um, New York cheesecake protein bar. Um, it's actually really good. If you haven't tried it, try it. Like, I'm not it's actually going to try it out. It's actually really good. It's like white chocolate. Um, it doesn't feel like eating a protein bar. Um, and then probably just like a normal um, chocolate powder. I haven't tried it. So Max Muscle, if you're listening, we'll, we'll take a sample. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take a sponsorship deal. <laughs> I'd uh, go for I vanilla. Like salted, salted caramel protein powder. Yeah. Max Muscle as well, of course. Always. Cool. Uh, next yeah. one. Toughest player you've ever played against? Um, mine's Portia Woodman. Sorry, just that seemed like an easy decision. Yeah, easy decision. That I'm going to drift away from quick fire. Even, even last week, playing against a couple of weeks ago, playing against Emily Scarrett again from Loughborough. What was that like? I mean, what a superstar? Easy. Yeah, she is easy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't play. I didn't play. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Kept the bench warm. <laughs> Go on, Will. This is this is my favourite question. I cannot wait for the answers. But what is your karaoke song? Um, Shaggy Fest. Yeah. Yeah. American, go for it. American Boy. Oh, I thought you were going to oh, say American oh, Pie. I'm so excited. You're going to say American Pie. That's my American one. Boy. Give us, give us a, give us a tune, is. Yeah, go on, is. Um, I'm quite good at the rap bit. Oh yeah. That, that bodes well for later. I, I just, you go, Jess. And let me just think of a, <laughs> think of the um, lyric. Mine. I think it's um, Party in the USA. Oh yeah, I tune. I prefer a ballad. I usually go Adele, Hometown Glory. Well, that's quite heavy. That gets yeah, a good someone like some... you is always quite a good one. Mm, yeah. Right. I guess it's about crowd participation, isn't it? It's got a high contrast remix as well. So if, if the mood's dropping, I can like gently swip and do, 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 like build build the crowd up. That that gets some good good noise. Pressure is, oh my god, is do you remember the time where we were on the bus going to watch the um boys play wasps and you didn't sing? You and Elle didn't sing on the bus, and I had to go and sing it's... on the bus, and that's I sang said... Wonderwall, actually. Did you? Yeah, and then it flopped, and I just so went back to my seat. Yeah, and then oh, I everyone my song. Yeah. I sang what was your song that day? Yeah, I, so I sang part in the essay, and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm not oh. sure if you're going to like it, and then, bam, they all loved it. No, that's, I it's think all that's... in the song choice, isn't it, though? It oh, is absolutely. Well, and the delivery. You've got to deliver it well, haven't you? I think you can I hide behind... Yeah. I think you can hide behind a good song choice, though, if you get it right. Yeah. 100%. And everyone starts singing with you, you're fine. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to go off script with a question um, as we were just talking then. Obviously, if that's like your song choice, what room would you choose in a nightclub? Would it be like the cheese room? Would it be like the R&B room? Like the main room? What What would be your go-to room? Go on, Is. What's your go-to room? I like, I like an R&B room. Oh, she nice. loves it. Yeah. I think on a night out, I'm literally like... Or like old, old school, like 2000. Do you like it? No, oh, I don't because you're all hitting the, you know, the songs and the dance moves, and I'm literally like, I've never heard the song in my life. And then we go to the cheese room, and I'm all over. Oh it. yes, <laughs> I'm with you 100. I do, I do like the cheese room. I do. When we're Izzy, this is back in back in the glory days of 2018, 2019. You come up the stairs at our Wednesday night spot, and everyone turns left. Wrong rookie error, rookie mistake. Stay where you are, you go straight Stay to the bar you where you are, and that's it. You get settled. You've got some tables. You get the window oh. out, out looking over Kingston. Everyone goes left. Morons, idiots. Yeah. Um, Jess has right. never been there. Jess has never been there. Well, we'll get... it begins with a double uh, V. Sorry, Viper. Yeah. <laughs> Viper, if you're listening, we'd like a sponsor. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, you know, I think we're, we're, we're drifting away from professional athlete territory here, but I'm quite enjoying it. So uh, this is probably not going to be very good for you, for you Jess, because maybe you're not as well-versed, but Izzy, what's your uh, favourite flavour VK? Um, 
Now, there's some controversy here because we had this discussion with Will midweek and he said blue, which I was a bit disgusted by. No, I don't... Unrivaled. I mean, I think I just drink them because they're, like, cheap and they're just... Oh, well, no, drink it. No, no, you drink, no, you drink it because you enjoy it. That's not the point. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just go for, like, a... Is it tropical? Tropical, yes, Izzy. Spot yeah. on. Tropical. Well blue, played. Blue is disgusting. Correct. No, come on. Yeah, I would have it if it was given to me, but I wouldn't choose to buy it. Tropical is just so sweet. Yeah, but you get a blue tongue if you have the blue yeah. one. My go-to VK is probably the same, tropical, yeah, but thank you. not that I drink, you know. No, of course. Uh, of course. I'm like, glad we're all on the side. You can tell that Will went to uni in the north and is, you know, drinking blues <laughs> and the proper South London St Mary's legends are all drinking tropical. We're absolutely spot on. Yeah, no, we love the blue one up in Leeds. I would prefer like just a vodka, lime and soda or oh, yeah. lime lemonade. Fresh lime. Yeah, 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 yeah. Naturally. Crush it at the bottom, give it a little squeeze. Cool. Um, nice and slice. Definitely if I'm not paying though, someone else has got to be paying yeah. for that. Go without saying. Well, luckily when you go to uni in Leeds, most things only cost a quid, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah. um, last question I've got before I hand over to Mike for his... I don't actually know what your special question is. That's quite exciting. No, Look forward to that. Last question I've got. I don't know how I'm going to ask it, but what's your favourite Netflix series or what's your what's your current series on Netflix? I need some recommendations. Um, I'm actually really bad at like watching series and movies. Like everyone's like, "Have you watched this?" And I'm like, "No." Um, but I'm currently watching Below Deck. <laughs> I love that. It's so good. So it's good. so easy so to watch and it's so good. Um, so I actually have do have a lot of spare time on my hands. Um, I watched Bridgerton as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yes, that was good. I'm I'm There's well on another one. I've I've not watched any of these and I'm I'm well on the outside in terms of Netflix. I've just I've just started getting through How I Met Your Mother from a while ago, but other than that, I don't really do a whole lot of Netflix. Do you have a Netflix no. account or not? I do have a Netflix account which I don't pay for. I steal it from my housemate. Yeah, do I, yeah, obviously so in true yeah. soccer m style michael you've got one question and one question only who is your question for my question is actually for both of them okay are you ready <laughs> your name's jess your name's izzy you both just make defenders dizzy Nice. Rascal. Thank you. Um, what I want to know is, what's your favourite memory with Quinns? I think, um, for me, my first game at the Stoop was pretty special. Um, played against Bristol in 2018. And, yeah, it, we I think it was a draw as well, so it was a really close game. And we had a few few people stay after to watch. So that was definitely, I think, one of my top memories. You know what? I don't even know. Um I think, so the year we played in the final at Ealing um, was a pretty special year for me. Like I'd literally probably just got back from the commies. Um, uh, they were like, oh, we want you to play. Um, like sat on the bench and then came on and like scored a try. And I think for me personally, that was a really good like half. Um, obviously we lost, but like it was a close game and I thought like I helped the team get back to nearly winning ways. Um, and then actually probably the Leicester game as well. Uh, big game. I wish I could say a, a winning a final, but I can't. So this year, soon come, soon come. It's on the way. Soon come. It's on the way. Well, that was all of our questions. Um, massive thank you to to both of you. It's been so good chatting to you and some cool answers there as well. So 
thank you both for joining us and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. We'll be supporting from the living room until until we can get back out there with you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Mate, how sick was that? That was awesome, wasn't it? I really enjoyed that. That was class. Great that they've both got their feet fully grounded uh, and even better that we got to speak to them off the back of a, a big win against Sale at the weekend. I wish them best of luck for the rest of the season and uh, we'll be watching closely and hopefully we can get down to a game when COVID lets us. Yeah, fingers crossed. Absolutely. I mean, they're really lucky to be able to have their time and you know, they're, they're clearly very, very close friends and you know, they've got some pretty good chat as well. So no, we really enjoy that. That's all we've got time for this week, but we'll, um, we'll plug the socials very quickly. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Harlequins Pods. Get your podcast stuff wherever it is that you consume your podcast. But yeah, that's all we've got time for. So, Will, I'll talk to you soon, mate. Cheers, mate. Take it easy. Cheers, everyone.